Our text for this evening's meditation is from our first reading uh, from Deuteronomy chapter 8. These words said, He might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So our text, you may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it truly is a hard lesson to learn this. It's hard to grasp, hard to understand, hard to comprehend that we do not live really by the work that we do and the food that we eat, but we live, we truly live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And as we live by what God says, we live by God saying, by God speaking, we live by the word of God. Imagine here standing before a king with every aspect of our life being dictated by him, Bring this person some new clothing, we might hear him say. Or, give this person this particular job. Or, have this person meet that person so that they can help each other. Or, make sure this person has enough to eat. So a king might say to us. Of course, the challenge for us, especially pre COVID, I think, was to see God speaking, God acting in anything, in anything. Our electricity was on 24-7, gas prices were low, jobs were plenty, wages were high, weather was good, internet ever increasing in speed, online work and baking and shopping becoming easier and easier and easier. What did God at the end of the day have to do with any of it? how we live with our lives in the here and now. One of my strongest memories of Africa, of Nigeria, was of laying in bed at night in the heat, falling asleep as the air air conditioner hummed and the fan above me whirled, and then suddenly waking up because the fan had stopped. And the air conditioner ceased. And instantly the temperature had started to rise in the room. And the question popped up in my mind instantly. What was going to happen if the electricity never came back on? What if I wouldn't have air conditioning? How hot was it going to get in that hotel room? Sound of footsteps would interrupt my thoughts, followed by a large engine like noise as a backup generator was started and the fan would start rotating and the air conditioner would kick back on and I would fall back to sleep. How tenuous the comforts there in Nigeria. How tenuous, how fragile, how fleeting our comforts here in the United States. How tenuous our existence anywhere, our lives so often hanging by a thread and we simply don't realize it. 
Our existence, then, is not a matter of our health or our education, our work. A Cub Foods run here, a Home Depot stop there, a Ford, a Chevy, a Honda, a Toyota, a flat screen, a cell phone, and a whopping internet connection. No. The voice of the Lord is over the waters, we read in Psalm 29. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare And in his temple, all cry glory. In his temple, in the temple of the Lord, all cry glory. As should we. As should we. For we live by the voice of the Lord, by the word of the Lord, by the proclamation of the Lord. Well, pastor. Well, pastor. So our old Adam That's just shameless self-promotion on your part. I mean, that's what you do. You preach. You preach the Word of God. You speak the Word of the Lord. You do the same with your teaching, with your teaching. It's the Word of the Lord here, the Bible there. But God can be experienced in many ways. You're just trying to get us to listen to you. Ha! We got you. Yes, that's the way the old Adam thinks, isn't it? Why come to church and hear the word of the Lord from the Old Testament, the Psalms, the Gospels, and Epistles, if if God can be experienced in a variety of ways? In sunrise, in a good scoop of ice cream, beautiful music, an inspirational piece of art, in family and friends and all sorts of other things. Certainly, simply, everyday words cannot be the ultimate thing when it comes to God. Well, it is true, as we read in Hebrews 1, that in many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. And here we can think of the prophet Ezekiel, for example, lying on one side for days on end next to a little model of Jerusalem he had been instructed by God to build. Or the prophet Hosea being instructed by God to marry a prostitute. Naming the three children he had with her with names that themselves were prophecies. Sarah conceived in her old age a sign of God. As was the burning bush that Moses encountered just such a sign. Yes, in many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now in these last days, in these end times, God has spoken to us by his son, Jesus Christ. Through his son, 
the Logos, the Word, he is called in the Gospel of John, that, that God created all that exists, and it's through his Son, the very Word of God, that our loving Heavenly Father, he continues to create that, and recreate that which he created by means of water, a sign, and the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, who washes and regenerates and renews us by applying to us all the Son, the Logos, the very Word of God did for us in his suffering and death and resurrection. We're talking about the forgiveness of sin. We're looking for signs. Signs like the seven signs of the Son of God we read about in the Gospel of John. The signs we should see and recognize as the working of God or the, the water of baptism and bread and wine, the Lord's Supper. For it's there, and it's specifically there in the water and the bread and the wine that we see the signs of God working, working through His very Word daily forgiving our sin, cleansing our consciences, making us more like Christ, and guiding us from moment to moment to moment so we can then recognize that yes, 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 we live each day by every word that comes from the mouth of God. For the word of God is that which gives the signs, the signs of the Old Testament as well as those of Christ himself, their meaning. I'll repeat that. It's the word of God which gives the signs of the Old Testament as well as those of Christ, their meaning. If Ezekiel's little model of Jerusalem, for example, was not explained to us, how would we know what it meant? If Moses had seen the burning bush, but the Lord did not talk to him through it, what would it mean? If the prophet Hosea's marriage to a prostitute was not explained as representing God's faithfulness to an unfaithful Israel, what would we think? So mankind today, mankind surrounded by all sorts of signs, all sorts of workings of God, all sorts of actions of our Creator, but without understanding of what they mean. Even as Christians, we can get caught up in everything that God does for us in our lives from day to day and forget that such things flow from the very creative word of God in our lives. When we do that, we're like the nine lepers who rejoiced in that which they received, the healing of their disease, but did not give thanks for the word which caused it to happen. The word, the logos, the very son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. Here we can contrast the faith of that Roman centurion in Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and to that one come and he comes. I say to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this he was amazed and said to those following him truly I tell you I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from east and west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. 
His servant was healed at that very hour. The centurion, he didn't need a sign, did he? Only the word of God. For the centurion knew that even more important than the presence of Jesus in his house was the very word which Jesus himself spoke. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. Makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry glory. On this Thanksgiving Eve, we in faith confess that we live each day by the voice of the Lord, by the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thus, in the words of the meaning to the third commandment, we don't despise that word, seeking for some sort of more interesting sign We don't despise that word, but gladly hear and learn it and rejoice and are thankful for the fact that it continues to be proclaimed among us. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We rise and sing the canticle.